For all the athletes out there, it's a fact that if you have more than 2% change in body mass from before to after activities, you will start to see a noticeable decline in overall performance. Lower neuromuscular function, a decline in cognitive performance, concentration, impeding your recovery time after your workouts, and just making you unnecessarily fatigued during and after your workouts. That's the topic of today's episode. We are going to revisit the concept of hydration, maintaining a good hydration state throughout the day, and how to use some of the evidence and science out there to make sure that you're staying in this hydrated state to really help you to perform better in your practices, games, workouts, and optimize your overall health and performance. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. For all of my new listeners out there, thank you for tuning in and you're in the right place to hear about all of these topics and conversations that deal with optimizing human performance. For all of my returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in this week. And for everyone out there, if you haven't heard some of the past episodes, go check them out on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And in addition to that, be sure to check out my YouTube channel. There's a lot of video highlight clips of the guest episodes, so you get to see some of the video content that's matching the audio that you've been listening to. And on top of that, you can check out a lot more free resources on all of my social media channels and my website. Everything across the board, you can find me at HNL Movement, and my website is hnlmovement.com. There's been a lot of great guests who've come on, shared their stories, experiences, things that we can all learn from and relate to in some way. And on top of that, I cover a lot of solo topics like today, little bite-sized strategies, tips, and things that you can implement to really help you to optimize your performance. If you're finding a lot of benefit and value from these episodes, be sure to share them with family, friends, coaches, colleagues, anyone that's looking to reach that next level. And of course, interact with me, give me some feedback, tag me on social media. I would love to hear how this is helping you along your journey. With all of that, let's dive into today's episode and we are revisiting hydration. I'm gonna take a little deeper dive into hydration, especially for athletics. For those of you that want to get a good intro episode, be sure to check out, I did an episode a little over a year ago already. It's episode 89. It's titled Habit of Hydration for Health, Training, and Optimal Performance. In that episode, I go over some of the basic concepts and how to actually incorporate more hydration through the day. Today, I'm going to focus on more about what are we doing specifically around training, activities, practices, and games. And we're going to build off of that to really help you to understand how should you be hydrating as an athlete as you're participating in all of your activities. The first thing that I'll go over is that I'll put this in the show notes as well. A lot of this information can be referenced and it's coming from the National Athletic Trainers Association position statement for fluid replacement for the physically active. So a lot of this information and guidelines are in there and it's something that I really follow to this day. I'm going to take a little deeper dive into how to actually apply this to you as an athlete. So the first thing that I want to touch on real briefly again, you can check out the previous episode that I did, but the science of hydration. It's no secret that hydration helps our body just overall function better, helps our performance, helps us to recover. It's just a necessity of daily life. 
So some key stats that I want to point out is that, of course, water makes up majority of our body, a little over 70% of our body. But one thing that I want to state is that for most athletes, studies have shown that about half of the athletes start their workouts in a hypohydrated state, meaning that they're not in that optimal zone of euhydration. They are underhydrated going into workouts. So you can see already going into the workouts, you're already at a disadvantage. And that is going to play a role and take a toll on your overall performance during your workout and also after your workout, your ability to recover and how difficult it will be to get rehydrated again because you already started at a state that you were underhydrated. Now, one brief thing that I want to mention is I work a lot with more athletes who are involved in intermittent sports, not so much endurance athletes, but it's one consideration to keep in mind for all of you endurance athletes, especially the longer duration athletes, is that you don't want to overhydrate either because after marathons, half marathons, those steady state activities that last for hours, it's not as uncommon as you would think for people to get overly hydrated. And one of the severe risks of overhydrating is that you can become hyponatremic where you have too much water in your body and the salt concentration drops drastically. And that can be even life-threatening if it gets out of hand. And what I wanna mention is that for endurance athletes, about 10 to 20% of endurance athletes have experienced this exercise-associated hyponatremia, which is one in 10 or one in five athletes when you're doing endurance activities have experienced hyponatremia. And that is something that can completely be prevented with just basic hydration practices, getting some electrolytes into your system, getting some sports drinks into your system. So just keep that in mind. I'm not gonna cover that too much today, but keep in mind if you are a long duration endurance athlete, you don't wanna overhydrate with too much water where it messes with your salt water balance. Because again, you can have adverse reactions from having too much water in your body that lowers that salt concentration. So moving on, let's understand hydration. That is the optimal zone. Our body is very sensitive. It wants this optimal zone of hydration status throughout our activities and throughout the day. Now, in my previous episode, I briefly touched on how to kind of gauge this. Outside of actually doing some calculations, you have to use all of the things that we do throughout the day to give you an idea of, are you in this euhydrated state? And when you actually start to monitor it practically throughout the day with some actual quantitative data, a good way to determine if you're euhydrated is body weight, especially before and after activity. I'll dive into that in a little bit. You can also pay attention to urine color and how frequently you're going to the bathroom. You want all of that to match the hydration status that you're in. If you're going to the bathroom a lot, you might be overly hydrated or your salt water balance might be a little off. If your urine is very clear, you might be overhydrated. If it's starting to get to a darker color, then you might be a little bit more dehydrated. The other thing that I wanna to touch on in this episode is when you're looking at your urine color, technically that is actually gonna be lighter than what it actually is. Because whenever you're using the bathroom, it's mixing with the toilet water, so it's naturally gonna look lighter than what it would be. Because the real way to assess urine color is to assess it in a clear container so that you can see how concentrated your urine is. So these are some of the things that you can monitor throughout the day. You also can go by thirst if you're not really working out, but thirst is shown to be a delayed response to how your body is actually hydrated. Meaning that once you're approaching about 2% body mass loss from activities from sweating, 
that's usually when thirst starts to kick in. And you'll see in a second, 2% body loss, you're trying to stay below that. You're trying not to lose as much as 2% body mass throughout your workout. So already, if you are relying on thirst and you're not drinking before then, you are already going to be behind the eight ball. And it's also shown that if you lose more than 2% body mass loss after activity, you'll be thirsty all the way until you get that less than 2% body mass loss. That's when your thirst will start to subside. So you can see that thirst is a little delayed response and you don't wanna go solely off thirst when you're participating in your activities. So why are we paying so much attention to this? Because impacts of hypohydration, there's a lot of negative impacts and there's a lot of adverse effects if we don't try to do things to mitigate how dehydrated we're gonna get through activities. And some of the things I mentioned earlier, it leads to increased cardiovascular stress, just increased and impaired performance, cognitively, physically, when we lose too much body mass due to water loss. And again, when it reaches around 2% body mass deficit, we're already starting to see some of the noticeable deficits from being in a dehydrated state. So one thing I wanna briefly mention is that there are different classifications when it comes to hypohydration and depending what we're doing at the time. So from a clinical perspective, outside of physical activity, there's a continuum again. And mild hypohydration is loss of one to 5% body mass, moderate is five to 10% body mass, and severe is greater than 10% body mass. And this again is outside of activities. So if you're seeing people doing like a weight cut or you're getting dehydrated because of an illness, a stomach bug or something, then this is what you kind of want to monitor. You want to make sure that we're trying to stay or maintain that hydration status and not lose more than 10% body mass. But this is a little different when it comes from an athletic and performance perspective. We don't even wanna get to that point when we're participating in our sports, our games, our activities. We want to shift this up and it's a lot more strict. So with activities, mild to moderate hypohydration is anywhere between two to 5% body mass loss during that activity. And anything greater than 5% body mass loss, that is severe hypohydration. And this is where you're gonna see some of that performance deficits again. Once we start to exceed that 2% body mass loss, you're going to notice a lot of fatigue. You're gonna see changes that we can observe that is declining their performance. So 2% loss, I'm gonna talk in pounds for a second and I'll kind of clarify this. But if you're around 100 pounds, right, that's losing no more than two pounds throughout your activity. If you're 200 pounds, losing no more than four pounds throughout your activity. So you can kind of see like there is a big buffer and we should be trying to replenish our fluids when we're participating in activities so that we don't exceed that 2% change or loss in body mass. In addition to this, I do wanna mention that athletes should not gain weight after exercise or activity. Unless they started in a hypohydrated state and they were already in that 2% range, maybe they're gonna hydrate to get under that 2% range, but you should not really gain weight from drinking all these fluids because that is not ideal either. There is expected some body mass loss, you just wanna to try to keep it within that 2%. So next I wanna talk about what happens depending on the duration and intensity of our workout. And a lot of times these are just very blanket statements, broad recommendations, but I still utilize this for a lot of my athletes, for myself. You can use your judgment and estimate how much you're sweating. And I think that's a good estimation in normal weather conditions and normal climate to see how much you need to drink. 
But I will say this and preface it with this. Whenever you're at altitude or in cold climates, that is not a good gauge at all because you still are getting dehydrated, losing some body mass and fluid, even though you might not be sweating as much. So anyway, under normal conditions, think about how much you're sweating. Also think about the duration of the exercise. Typically, if exercise is about an hour long and it's normal intensity, even hard intensity, typically rehydrating with just water is fine. If it gets to more than that duration, and of course, if the intensity is pretty intense and you're sweating a lot, then there's gonna be a lot of benefit in adding some type of sports drinks, electrolytes, carb mixtures in the sports drinks so that you can actually rehydrate with fluids, but you can also replenish some of the salt and electrolytes that you're losing. Now, one thing about this, if you really wanna get more precise with how much you should hydrate, depending on certain activities, you can actually calculate your sweat rate. So to calculate your sweat rate, I'm just gonna go over this really briefly, but basically you need to understand about how much sweat you're losing through that activity. And how you do this is again, with that change in body mass, pre-exercise and post-exercise. So you're gonna take that change, that difference in body mass throughout your exercise, and you're going to add to that the volume of fluid that you consumed. And if you did use the bathroom, you can just do a brief estimate. But if you did use the bathroom, then just subtract from how much fluid you drank, how much estimated urine you lost. And both of these are going to be in liters. So again, it's always a good reminder for me too, because I don't necessarily think of liters. I think more of cups or fluid ounces, but a liter is about 4.2 cups or about 34 fluid ounces. So if you think of your hydro flask or your Yeti flask, if you have a 40 ounce or 32 ounce, that's about a little under one liter, that 32 ounce size. So think about how much fluid that are you actually consuming during exercise. And again, you can estimate if you did use the bathroom, how much urine volume you excreted, because that's going to be the total amount of fluid that we ingested throughout our exercise. So sweat loss, it's pretty simple. Body mass change, and this is actually in kilograms, that's very important. And then you add whatever volume of fluid that you drank in liters, that is going to give you your sweat loss. Now to turn that into a rate, we just need a time component. So you are going to get that sweat loss number in liters, and we're gonna divide it by exercise duration and hours. And that is going to give you your sweat rate per hour. And that will give you a good gauge for you individually, how much should you consume per hour to again, minimize the extent of how dehydrated you get throughout activity and try to keep it less than that 2% change in body mass. So that is a way that you can specifically estimate for you. And if you're going to practice, it's very easy to take a pre and post exercise weight. And then from there, just estimate how much water you drank and you can tweak it from there. This again, will give you more information and a better understanding as to how much you're sweating. And again, how to mitigate getting so dehydrated. So post-exercise rehydration, hopefully you're staying within that 2% body mass change throughout exercise. And then what you want to do after, it's pretty simple. And this ties in with nutrition too, what I've talked about in previous episodes, is that all you need to think of is that within the first two hours post-activity, you want to replenish hydration state and eat and get the nutrients back into your body. And if you do this within two hours post-exercise, you will give yourself a really good environment for your body to recover. 
And again, this goes with a lot of other things too. If you eat a meal, carbs and proteins will help you to restore that muscle glycogen. It'll help to stimulate that muscle protein synthesis for repair, but also it'll give you other nutrients, electrolytes probably, that help you to get back to that eu-hydration state. So you wanna make sure that you're focusing on getting nutrients and water back into you to help you to recover as quickly as possible. So I wanna end off with just some practical hydration tips again. And this is overlapping with that previous episode that I did. But what you wanna do is you wanna be consistently hydrated as much as possible throughout the day. One thing that you can use again is a urine color just to give you a brief ballpark. And what evidence has actually pointed to is the first time that you use the bathroom in the morning, urine color, and also how thirsty you are when you wake up, that is a good indication to your hydration status waking up first thing in the morning. So if you're extremely thirsty and your urine is very, very dark, you already know that you have to play some catch up. So make sure that you are getting fluids in you to get back to that eu-hydration state, especially if you have a morning workout or something that you have to do that's physically active. If you're not that thirsty, it's a good idea to start the morning off with some water. And also again, monitor your urine color because if it's not extremely dark, then you might be okay. But you wanna start right off the bat from the morning, from the time you wake up, to start to ingest some fluids. And again, you wanna maintain this throughout the day. So just use everything as a guide. Try to stay a step ahead of consuming water before you get thirsty, that's always a good idea and monitor your urine color, urine frequency, and especially when you go into a workout, try to make sure that you are actually hydrated so that you can start off the workout in a better hydrated state. And the last thing I wanna go over is that evidence has shown that there is an average amount of water consumption for pretty much your whole adult life. All the way from when we're late teens, early 20s, to when we're 60s or 70s, everyone seems to, on average, consume about the same amount of water. And it's about 2,100 to 2,400 milliliters per day, which is about eight to 10 cups per day. That is where the recommendation comes from. But again, it's so varied on how you are as a person, what types of foods you're eating again, what types of activities you're doing, your sweat rate. So just use this as a gauge. I think understanding how you respond during exercises, what you're doing throughout the day, how much water you need to consume, that all plays a role into determining what hydration strategies work for you. And the last thing I wanna add on to this is, I did mention in that previous episode, that just having water readily available, that's probably one of the most practical tips that I can offer to athletes. Carry a water bottle around with you. During practice, make sure if you're in a team setting, there's probably water and sports drinks there. But if you're not, make sure that you have access to water or bring your own water with you because that alone will help you to be consistent with consuming water throughout the day so that you're not getting in this dehydrated state or hypohydrated state. And then you have to play catch up throughout the day. So just trying to get water consistently in you as you go throughout your day. So with all of this, I hope this gives a little bit more insight. Maybe you can pay attention more to your body mass change throughout your exercise. Maybe calculate a little bit more about your sweat rate. That might help you as well. And just try to stay as hydrated as you can because again, it will help you to get way more out of your workouts, help you to perform better. These little things add up in the long term and also help you to recover better so that you'll be better prepared for your next workout. So I encourage all of you to pay attention, evaluate your hydration practices, see what types of things you can incorporate. And of course, there's a lot of ways even beyond what I touched on in this episode to try to get more water in you. 
If you're not doing workouts, there's a lot of other ways that we can hydrate with, right? There are some flavored things now, some electrolyte mixes like liquid IV, there's teas. There's a lot of different ways that you can get more hydrated. So pay attention to what works for you, pay attention to your hydration practices. And the bottom line is when you start to incorporate effective hydration strategies for you, you will start to notice an increase in performance, energy, health, recovery, all of those aspects. So that's what I encourage everyone to do. Pay attention to hydration, incorporate these strategies into your practice and really reap the benefits of your overall performance. That is all that I have for today. Again, be sure to check out the past library of episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Check out my YouTube channel, social media channels, my website, everything across the board. You can find me at HL Movement. And I hope everyone is doing well, training smart, and making progress to your goals. Other than that, I release episodes every Tuesday. So I'll be back here same time, same place next week. Until then, have a great rest of your week, everyone. Aloha. Aloha.